When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. From NCAA.com and all our social media March Madness platforms. On this edition of my podcast, I'll be joined by Vanderbilt head coach Bryce Drew, who lost one of the best point guards in the country, Darius Garland. Uh, He is out for the season with a knee injury. He is a player that uh, you're going to hear about in the NBA, maybe as early as next season. Having a major impact on the Commodores before he got hurt. So how does a coach like Bryce Drew handle that? How does he deal with whether or not Garland's even going to stick around for the rest of the school year? He's going to finish up the semester, but he's going to rehab there. He's going to be part of the team. Is he just going to leave? What happens to a team that is essentially centered around this player and suddenly he's no longer there? How does that change things? Then, given a chance to listen to one of the best scorers in college basketball, a hidden gem from South Dakota State. He's a jackrabbit. Mike Dome. Scoring about 25 points a game. And also a conversation with Kentucky's Reed Travis before Kentucky lost to Seton Hall. I was at that game over the weekend at Medicine Square Garden. But I wanted to see how Reed was adjusting to playing for John Calipari after playing at Stanford. Much different uh, setup there. And uh, he's loving it. So caught up with him before that game. So I want you to hear that. All right. Let's shift gears to my Power 36 in comparison to the AP poll. An epic game between Gonzaga and Tennessee. 76-73, Tennessee wins. Admiral Schofield has 30. It's an NBA three for the Volunteers to win that game in Phoenix. And uh, Tennessee, my team of the week on NCAA.com. My player of the week, by the way, a little sidebar, Yoli Childs from BYU. He had 31 in each of the two games against Utah State and Utah wins for the Cougars, which, by the way, will help Gonzaga if BYU is a better basketball team. He also, by the way, had 31 in a loss uh, to Weber State in the previous game. So he's actually scored 31 in three straight games. I don't know if I've ever seen that uh, in college basketball. Three straight games of 31. So I had Michigan as the number one team in the country my new poll. Because I think Michigan's the best team right now in the country now that Gonzaga has lost. The AP has Kansas. Now, I had Tennessee and Gonzaga. I'm not going to penalize the Zags too far for losing a game in the final 20 seconds. And Tennessee deserved to move up after beating the Zags on a neutral floor. 
So the big issue is with Kansas fans, and I'm hearing it. Social media, I get it. I have Kansas 7th, APS and 1. It's a big difference. Okay, first of all, I'm not someone who always believes that you simply move up a team because, you know, they're in a spot and other teams lose and you move them up. Kansas right now, in the last couple of games, they barely beat Stanford in overtime and they barely beat New Mexico State in Kansas City. Yudoka Azubuke is out with an ankle injury. So they are not the same team that beat Tennessee in overtime in New York. So, yes, I know they're undefeated, but they're not the same team. And look, you can dispute it. AP's got them one, I got them seven. I just don't think they're playing the best basketball in the country right now. Can they? Certainly. Is Dedrick Lawson one of the best players in the country? Yes. I just don't see it right now. Things will change. I get it. But they haven't changed yet. So that's why I put them down. I still love Virginia. They're undefeated. And I like Duke better than Kansas right now. And I like Nevada better than Kansas right now. All that could change. And that's all legitimate arguments. Look, I had another, I mean, there's another one you could pick apart with me is Marquette. I had ahead of Indiana, even though Indiana beat Marquette earlier in November. Why is that? Well, Marquette beat Kansas State and Wisconsin, both at home. Indiana in the last, you know, 10 days does not have wins like that. But I at least ranked Indiana 17th, Marquette 13th. AP didn't even rank Indiana. They had them, you know, off of 25, uh, tied with K-State and Syracuse. So I got to get some credit for that. They didn't even rank them. Uh, Houston's another one of my climbers. The Cougars just keep winning. Won another one on the road. And then there's a lot of just mishmash. You know, I'm still waiting for Auburn to play another elite game. Beat Dayton. So we'll see how they do. So, look, a lot of movers and shakers. I think a lot of the biggest discussion, though, is going to be at the top of the poll. Uh, and I think that's where you're going to get a lot of disagreement right now. And that's fine. That's what we should do at this point of the, uh, the, you know, of the season. So, uh, a lot to discuss, a lot to debate. I want to hear from you on uh, Twitter at TheAndyCats. My Instagram is TheRealAndyCats. Someone out there, there's another AndyCats that took my stuff. So, Twitter at TheAndyCats, Instagram at TheRealAndyCats. Uh, and pick apart my poll. That's fine. It's all fair game. The Power 36 compared to the AP poll. Kind of a light week in college basketball with finals. I'll be in the road, though. We're doing some shoots up in Gonzaga, Nevada. Got a couple of BTN games at Minnesota, Michigan State. So I'm going to be on the road, but uh, love to hear from the public. Uh, and really appreciate you guys all listening to the podcast, keeping you up to date on the latest in college basketball. And coming up here on March Madness 365, my conversation with Vanderbilt head coach Bryce Drew and how he's going to handle not having Darius Garland as his lead guard. And now joining me here on March Madness 365, Vanderbilt head coach Bryce Drew. The Commodores in the midst of a pretty big break. Uh, 12 days in between games. They knocked off Middle Tennessee on December 5th. Their next game is Monday, December 17th against Arizona State. And they're going to play Kansas State. A couple of games, Tennessee State, Asheville, before they get into the heart of the SEC beginning on January 5th against Ole Miss. And a lot to unpack here with you, Bryce. First, Let's deal with Darius Garland. Just very unfortunate that he's out for the year. 
Uh, obviously, you know, there was huge high hopes for him coming out of Nashville. I mean, arguably one of the best recruits in the country and was clearly going to be, um, you know, an impact player in the SEC. Now with this meniscus injury in his left knee and he's done, uh, let's first deal with the impact of that on your team. What have you been able to sort of figure out how that's going to impact this team? You know, it happens so quick, and our, our team was shell-shocked. You know, um, they're a very close group, and um, obviously he's a big leader in, in on our team. And so all of a sudden, you know, we were 4-0, you know, possibly getting on the verge of being ranked, you know, getting better by the day as a team because we were so young. He was averaging about 20 a game, uh, just coming off a game he had 33. And so, um, you know, it's, it's pretty devastating. Um, you know, I had players tell me that, you know, the locker room is just not the same and, 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 you know, just certain things that as a coach, you know, you can't really prepare for, but you can try to, you know, make adjustments as you move forward. So it, it, it's taken, you know, a good probably week and a half or so just to get kind of that shock, I think, out of the, out of the guys. And, um, now it's becoming, you know, more reality is that he's not going to be there all year. So this 12 day period is really big for us. It gives us time to try to adjust some things without having him around. And how are you doing that? Well, you, you know, we're going to have to tweak a little bit of our offense. We, we are very ball screen, um, dominant with him. We wanted to keep the ball in his hands, you know, similar to a, a Trey young last year, you know, it wouldn't be good coaching if you didn't try to get the ball in his hands for the majority of the game. So, you know, we, we had kind of gone heavy on that side. So we're going to have to kind of rewind it a little bit, get a little more ball movement, get more touches and have uh, multiple guys try to make plays instead of, you know, relying on just a few guys. So what do you think the plan is for him? Um, You know, it happened so early Mm -hmm. uh, in, in his career, you know, obviously there's a lot of hype, you know, we saw last year with Michael Porter at uh, Missouri where, you know, he gets injured early, looks like he's out for the year, comes back essentially for like a game or two and still ends up going to the NBA draft. What are the conversations like between you and the and, and Darius and his family as to how to handle the rehab and and where he will be within this program, even just for the rest of the season, and let alone beyond? They're gathering all that information right now, um, and, and so are we. Um, a lot of what we've heard is that his draft status, you know, will not be affected. You know, um, obviously, it stinks that he's not out there playing all year, but he had played so well in um, in the spring. And in the summer, and he had played so well, you know, we had a pro day. We had 51 scouts here. He was phenomenal that day. You know, at USC, we had, you know, rows of scouts and, and, um, and he took over that game and, and, and helped us win it. So he, he's kind of done enough in a lot of scouts minds from our feedback that, you know, we're still thinking he, he, he's going to be a lottery pick if he decides to go. Is he around the program now? Yes. So he's taking finals this week. We have this big, um, um, gap here because of finals. Finals weeks goes here a good week and a half, almost two weeks. So it's a long finals week. So he's here taking finals and uh, and rehabbing his knee. And um, you know the the plan right now is you know for him to be around. Um, but we're going to be talking here the next couple weeks and and um, just make sure you know the best direction for him and his future. You know we're all going to do. So what are the chances that he doesn't stick with the team? You know in the stretch run of the SEC and the rest of this season. Yeah, you you know. I, I can't speak for them because, you know, I, obviously it's going to be their decision. But I, I would think that they'll be here, you know, with the team. And, um, you know, his rehab at the beginning, you know, isn't that that complex. 
And um, we have great facilities here, great rehab. And, um, and obviously, once he gets back on the court, we can work him out. So, you know, he has everything he needs here. It, it'll boil down again to their decision. So that's what we'll be, um, you know, talking about next couple of weeks. Yeah, you had 24-19 in your first two games. That second game at USC you had 33 against Liberty. Uh, ultimately, um, you know, in the five games he played, he was leading in scoring with 16 and then um, 2.6 assists a game. So obviously a major piece of that. One last thing on him, or at least this whole thought, you know, you want to recruit the best players. And if they end up yeah. being there only one year, so be it. And even if the rules change in one, two, three years, whatever, you know, you're still going to have players like Trey Young who, who who are not one-and-dones who end up being one-and-dones and leave. At this juncture, what has this experience been like for you, you know, to recruit a player who obviously, you know, you fell for and has been really good up until this point, but may literally, you know, barely be a major part of your program over the course of a season? Yeah, you, you know, I, I think that's a, definitely a loaded question. You know, I, I would take the, the um, uh, for part of it, I would say, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, build a program here. You know, we're not in a... a you know, an established, you know, NCAA tournament team year, year in, year out right now. And so we're building. So, and we're high academic. And so high academic, you know, the quick fixes are really, really hard. You know, you have to bring in, you know, freshmen that are, that are good academically, you know, that can make it here. And so, you know, for him, he was just so special, you know, being a local, you know, hometown um, star coming here to play um, just all the hype surrounding him. And, um, you know, I, I've gone back and, and you, you kick yourself, you know, so many times with different scenarios and there's really no other way we would have played it. You know, he was the guy we wanted. He was the guy that, that, that we wanted to build around. And we thought he was that good that only being here even one year that he could change the total trajectory of our program. And everything was going, you know, that way, the first four games, everything was going exactly how, how you'd wanted it to go until the injury. So, you know, it's just something unfortunate, something we can't control. Now we can, you know, control getting these guys better and, and, you know, recruiting guys, um, you know, more guys in the future. So, you know, hopefully we're deeper at a lot of these spots, um, you know, with more, uh, you know, players that can really make plays. Well, look, it's all positives because you want other recruits to see that, you know, you can go to Vanderbilt, you can be successful. And then if something happens to you, we're going to take care of you. We're not going to throw you aside. Um, so all those are positives. You obviously are high character. So you're going to want, you know, other recruits to see how you handle this situation. And if it, you know, the opportunity presents itself again, you know, you'll probably be back in that same position, um, on the court, you know, when you, when you guys go against Arizona state, who's going to be the point guard, uh, Saban Lee. So Saban was playing the two and he and Darius were playing, you know, tremendous together. And uh, so Saban's kind of had to switch gears from from scoring mode. You know, we're trying to get him into more facilitating slash scoring mode, um, and that that'll take that'll take a process because all spring and and I mean sorry all summer and fall he's been just in scoring mode. Um, then uh, you know Max Evans is another sophomore and he'll play the backup point. So look, you still have opportunities. I mean, you got ASU, you got K State in the non conference. Uh, two teams ultimately I think will be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Uh, so you've got two good chances there later this month. And then the SEC, where you're, you know, you're going to play Tennessee, which is clearly going to be a one or two seed at some point. You know, you've got a game at Oklahoma. They're playing great right now. They're going to be a tournament team. Mississippi State, Auburn, you know, I still believe Kentucky will be. So there's plenty of chances. It is still only mid-December. Uh, you've got this time together. What do you think right now is the mood 
with this group, even though you lost someone like Darius Garland, that this group can still be a factor and make its way to being in the mix to potentially getting in. Yeah, you know, this. Uh, the last game we had right before this break was uh, Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, you won and, by 18. Um, um, by 28. Oh, 28. I got to do my math. Excuse me. So, yeah, yeah. 28. Hey, we don't get many wins like that. Sorry. Uh, so, That's a so 79, really not a 69. But, um, but uh, we played really well. It was our best defensive effort. You know, we held them to 51 points. And um, it was a great sign uh, for our team. Our, our, you know, kind of our identity before was we were going to outscore you. You know, we're going we're gonna to make quick possessions on defense. We're going to get out in transition. You know, we were extremely good in transition. And now we've had to, you know, try to be a little more um, solid on the defensive end for maybe some longer possessions and, um, and, and being a lot more patient on offense. And so it was a really good sign. I think the guys did a good job adapting those two areas. And it was by far our best defensive game of the year. So so that was something great to build on, you know, going into this tough Arizona State game that we have coming up. Well, I really still believe you guys are going to find your way to be in the mix in some form because you're that good and you've got still plenty of players around uh, that certainly can get it done. And, and, you know, I mean, it's a league where there are going to be opportunities. And I said you've still got a couple in the non-conference. Bryce, as always, I really appreciate you taking some time to spend some time with me to discuss the situation. You're the best, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Up next here on March Madness 365, my conversation with a hidden gem in college basketball. You're going to hear about him in March. South Dakota State's Mike Dome. And joining me here on March Madness 365, Mike Dom from South Dakota State. Anyone that frequently listens to me, my favorite nickname in college athletics are the Jackrabbits. Uh, I'm still waiting for my Jackrabbits gear, uh, Mike. So just at some point, you're going to have to make sure that I, I, I get that. Not you personally, but uh, got to make sure that I get my Jackrabbits gear. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So you're, you're doing what you've always done, which is score in bunches and and it's been very plentiful uh you're averaging 25.2 points a game 10 boards um this is what you've done consistently since your sophomore year i mean 25 23 25 you even started on double figures as a freshman at 15 you had 42 points against southern you know you are feeling it right now how so um, you know it's it's crazy you know you kind of talk about the numbers and I, you know you don't really realize it for me personally, it's just waking up every day with a good attitude, um, making sure that I can control what I can control, my attitude, the energy I, I give out each day. And, uh, you know, I'm really just trying to do whatever it takes to help this team win the next game. But in what way, and I know you flirted with maybe thinking about the NBA, but in what way has your game improved? I would say definitely a lot of it came with me changing my body, um, taking better care of it. Um, I think that led to me being able to uh, increase my range increase my foot speed kind of overall the look of my body maybe look more um play the part and look the part more than i did last year instead of instead of being a you know chubbier looking a lumberjack looking guy (laughs) other than that i think a lot of it is uh, a lot of it has just come with working hard each day and getting so many extra shots up so look you guys have a great opportunity later this week you're going to be at nevada they are you know a top 10 team uh, a veteran group, guys that are going to be in the league, the Martin Twins, Jordan Caroline. What do you need to do in this team uh, for you, first of all, to be able to score the way you've been scoring? Because if you can do that, you guys have a chance. Uh, and then how do you guys handle a physical team like that, You know, especially on the perimeter and the small forward position 
to be effective? Yeah, no question. You know, Nevada's playing some excellent basketball this year, and uh, for us, it's just going to be going in with uh, such an unbelievable amount of focus, um, determination, and we just got to be super locked in on the defensive end. For me personally, I feel like for me to get things going, I need to put all my focus around getting other guys open and getting other guys scoring opportunities, and then that's when I feel like I'll find the ball in my hands and uh, with the opportunity to uh, take and make shots. Um, you know, those guys are those guys are all good, and like you said, you know, they got guys on the guys that are going to go to the NBA on their team, and for us. Um, it's just going to be locking in and, and having this, uh, you know, just this grit that we're going to have to have going into that game. You know, the pressure that you guys face come March, I don't think people fully grasp because as good a season as you can have, you still got to win most of the time the tournament. And that's been the case with the Summit. Take me through what that pressure is like when you know you've got a team that can compete for a potential win in the NCAA tournament, but you got to get through you know, the teams in your league, whether it's Omaha, North Dakota, Western Illinois, you name it, just to have that opportunity. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, you know, I mean, as I look over and as I've been through it in the years, I feel like when we can get our guys to just buy in each game and just focus on getting better each day, the pressure kind of disappears for us. You know, when we can when we can wake up each morning and just have that, that will to work and that great attitude, I feel like there's really no pressure there. And then a lot of what we talk about is, you know, we're playing against ourselves this year. You know, we really we, – we know the type of team we have. We know the guys that we have. We know the plays that we can make. We just need to make sure that we're, you know, super smart and take care of the ball. We are super focused on defense. And the biggest thing for us is just playing together as a team. We want to go out each night and just be the more together team. And I feel like for us – when we do that, that just eliminates all the pressure we have, and that allows us to go out and play more freely for each other. I know we are a marathon away from that, but from what you saw last season when Loyola Chicago got to the Final Four, you know, Buffalo knocked off Arizona, we have seen a number of examples of programs that, and I, I don't like to say at your level because you're at a high level personally, and your team certainly can compete at a high level, but programs that are in leagues like the summit that traditionally have been one bid leagues. And you've seen lately these schools, you know, Marshall wins a game, gets that second round. How much does that just drive you and, and just get in your head that, you know what, that can be us. That should be us. Just give us that chance. We've been in it before. Now we really believe we can win a game or who knows how many more. For sure. You know, seeing, seeing teams like that, you know, like you mentioned last year, Loyal Chicago, Buffalo, you know, we, we can see ourselves in that type of position. You know, once again, like you said, we're, we are a marathon away from there, and, you know, there's a lot of games to go on between then. And, I mean, the teams in the Summit League this year, you know, we're a, we're a league that I feel like can surprise a lot of people just with how well that, you know, all the teams play. No knock on any other teams. Our, our league, I think, is stacked. Um, but for us, you know, we see those other teams and we see the opportunities that they've taken and been able to run with, and we feel like that we're starting to move our program into that position where we're expecting to get to the NCAA tournament and get wins in the NCAA tournament. Well, Mike, I appreciate it. Uh, I know we'll be watching what happens in Reno uh, over the weekend, and we're going to be tracking it throughout the course of the winter because uh, the Jackrabbits, no offense to the rest of the summit, but I love to see the Jackrabbits in the NCAACU at least have one more shot as a senior uh, to have your March moment. So I appreciate you joining me. Yes, sir. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. And coming up next here on March Madness 365, I had a chance to catch up with Kentucky's Reed Travis before the Wildcats lost that heartbreaker in overtime to Seton Hall. 
just wanted to see how he was adjusting to playing for Kentucky after playing at Stanford and playing for John Calipari. And joining me here on March Madness 365, Reed Travis from Kentucky. Uh, you've had about a month to play with the Wildcats. Um, how much has this been what you expected? It's been everything I've expected. I think it, it's tough to say. Uh, I had too many expectations on me. I knew I was going to be tough, competitive. I knew I was going to be challenged and pushed in, in ways that I've never been pushed before. But it's been all that and then some. So it's been great. I mean, just being able to play in front of Big Blue Nation, being pushed every day in practice, it's been everything I could ask for. What were you trying to accomplish in terms of your game? Uh, because you could have gone professionally. Yeah, the biggest part of my game was just trying to develop and, and just show people at the next level that I can do some things that they wanted me to correct while I was going through the pre-draft process. I felt like the staff and, and just going against the certain guys every day was going to help me correct those things uh, as far as doing it a full year on the college level. So hopefully I continue to work, continue just to listen to them and have their guidance to help me do that. And in what way has uh, have you learned something about yourself in terms of having to be a leader to a lot of young guys? Yeah, you just learn that, I mean, I've been in college a couple of years and been able to really just learn in the ups and downs that go through it. So it's a, it's a big reflection year for me. I'd say it's the biggest thing because I almost feel like this year has been great for me to look back and say, wow, like I remember going through those same struggles as a freshman and thinking those same thoughts. So it's been good for me to kind of just reflect on my career as a whole in that and just kind of use what I've learned and help them out in any way. And the other thing is, you as a big at Stanford, you weren't used to playing with the kind of bigs that you have at Kentucky. How has that helped you? It's helped me a lot. I mean, like at Stanford, there would be certain guys that i go against maybe two, three times a year that had length and NBA size, athleticism, but I'm getting that every day in practice. So it's just helping me as far as finishing, going fast to the rim, certain things like that, and I get that every day. I don't have to wait for those two or three times that I play them throughout the year. Nothing against your previous coaching staff, but what's it like to play for Coach Calipari? <laughs> it's great. It's great. I think we mesh in, in a lot of different areas. He's tough on you. He's going to push you. But at the end of the day, he's going to put his arm around you, and he's going to love you up. And you couldn't ask for anything more. I mean, he, he has a vision for your game, and I love that. Every day he's going to push you to try and get you to where you want to be. And how much have you picked up on, I'm sure, former Kentucky players that are in the NBA that I don't know if they've come around yet, but I know they are around the Kentucky program. Have you been able to sort of absorb that now that you're part of the family yeah i've been able to talk to a few of them i mean carl i, I came through the mcdonald's game with him so it's, it's crazy to think that he's doing his thing on the next level but i've talked to him his family was in town last weekend got to talk to them we had a good laugh about coming up through high school and things like that but he swears by kentucky he loves it i mean just hearing guys say stuff like that on the other side of the fence it just reassures me that this was the right decision and the amenities i gotta ask you about the amenities at kentucky uh compared to other programs um What's the best thing about being a college basketball player at Kentucky with the known amenities? I mean, people know there are good things that come with that. What's that like? It's great. Uh, like you said, the amenities, everything is there for you to get better. I mean, at the end of the day, there's not a resource that there's not there. If you want to become the best basketball player, you can. I mean, everything's there for you to do it, which I love. I mean, any time of the day, you can work on your game and do something to get better. So they definitely have the system in place. I see why guys have been successful going through the program. How about travel and living conditions? Anything that you would compare? I mean, the flights are nice. <laughs> we haven't took a commercial flight yet this year. I mean, that's no knock on other programs. It's just that was something new for me, so that's, that's been a nice, nice part of it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. I appreciate, as always, you following along on all our social media platforms on NCAA.com and our March Madness social media accounts. Hope you enjoyed our conversations with Bryce Drew. Very interesting to see what's going to happen with Darius Garland. Interesting perspective, whether or not he'll even be back for the second semester or maybe on his way to the NBA and how Drew's going to handle that. And also uh, a conversation uh, with uh, Mike Dome, a player that I think you're going to hear a lot more about, whether it's in the NCAA tournament or potentially in the NBA. Uh, He is someone that uh, is more in bunches, and uh, there's always a need for that. Appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next week. You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.